Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, sex work and scary monsters. I actually started doing sex work as a cam girl. I did the cam girl thing for about three months, and then I did the sugar baby thing for about six months. It varies a lot, and I have a negotiation form where it has just a big, giant list of fetishes, and so I actually have people go through that and tell me what they want. I'm personally not sure myself because I find kink more of it's a lifestyle to me rather than something that's sexual. It's just fun. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So when we started the podcast, one of the goals was really to explore a different side of life, to talk to people and to find out about things that you don't hear about every day. Our first guest is a fetish escort. This is Katana Thorne. What exactly is a professional companion? Is that code for something else or is that really, that's what it is? Um, well, some companions will look at it kind of different. But for me personally, I do like creating that connection um, with my clients. So is it the same thing as an escort or is it something different? No, I would say escort is a pretty broad term. Um, everyone goes about it differently. So for me, I do like creating a connection, and for me, it's actually a connection, and I will contact my clients after the session, and we'll just have conversations about whatever. Sometimes I even go out to get drinks with them. So I think the question that you know comes to everybody's mind, is there sex involved in this? Um, yes and no. It's not a guarantee. It's something that is... Um, it's talked about between the two people, and if they both consent to it, then that will happen. But like I said, it's not a guarantee. But is is it kind of implied, I guess? Yes, it is kind of implied, but it's not something that always happens, and it doesn't happen a surprisingly large amount of times. Are we talking like 50% of the time, 70% of the time, 20% of the time? I would say about... 20% of the time doesn't happen. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's a pretty high number then. It is, and some people just want someone to talk to. Um, they don't get, I mean, especially during this whole quarantine thing, I have a lot of people contact me, and they just want to talk to somebody. How did you get started in this? So I actually started doing sex work as a cam girl. Um, I was just, you know, that one girl in college who wanted more money, and I figured it'd be easy, so... I did the cam girl thing for about three months, and then I did the sugar baby thing for about six months, and after that, I was just so burnt out doing sugar babying that I couldn't do it anymore, and my friend is an actual dominatrix, so she suggested escorting to me because, I mean, they're somewhat unsimilar, um, they're somewhat similar, but also escorting is just it's way more defined and there's boundaries that both parties respect so i started doing escorting i just loved it since i mean has it traditionally was it something that you kind of got into because you wanted to do it and making money was the plus or was it specifically a way to get money and you happened to enjoy it um i think in the beginning it was definitely about the money i work two other jobs but they're minimum wage jobs so I have a lot of bills to pay, and you know I'm a student too, so it was definitely about the money at first, and then I just learned to love it. 
I, I think something interesting though is that people might hear that and think, oh my God, it's just about the money. But every job's just about the money, right? Yeah. It's like one of those jobs where, you know, there's people who have a career and they're like, it's a job, but I absolutely love my job. And I enjoy going into work and doing what I do. And it's just the same thing. Do you ever feel like you're selling yourself though? I think that's the thing that people would kind of look at this with a certain eye and feel like, oh, you're, you're selling your body. Um, there's times where I definitely feel that. And I don't know a single companion that wouldn't feel that, but it's just important to take care of yourself and, um, take care of your mental health first and then see the clients that you're actually interested in seeing. And so for me personally, I have the luxury of picking and choosing who I see and who I decide I want to come back to. So if I don't like them, even if they're a gentleman, if there's just no chemistry, there's no chemistry. And I think that's what helps me kind of not get burnt out. In instances where you do have sex with the client, is that a person that you probably would have had sex with normally anyway if you just kind of met them at a bar or met them in a social situation? Oh, yeah, for sure. So when you're meeting a potential client, like walk me through, how does this, what happens? Um, so they email me. We Most escorts have a screening process. So they'll email me asking me, you know, I want to see you for this amount of time on this date. I'll ask him for the screening information. I get that. We set a date. Um, and then they show up. Most people are generally nervous at first. So I think it's always a good idea to just sit down and talk. And I babble a lot. So the entire hour, um, most of the time, I'm just babbling. What and do you generally guess, kind of babble about? I'm a nervous babbler. <laughs> so I just talk about the most random things, so like the weather or um things that are going on right now. And then after kind of that initial meeting, then what what happens? As I said, it's up to the two adults that are having that meeting. Um, if you want to proceed and do other things, that's up to you. If you don't and you just want to talk, then that's also up to you. Does the money involved, though, does having that involved, does it ever make you feel, does it ever make you make a decision you wouldn't normally have made if money wasn't involved? Um, at first, I feel like I was definitely selling myself out and doing things I was uncomfortable with. But now I've gotten very comfortable with my boundaries and knowing what I want and being able to say no. Like, hey, I know you're offering me hundreds of dollars, but I'm not comfortable with this. And I have the luxury of saying, no, go away. Do you get, then do they get their money back? Um, I would say most of my clients understand that that's just what they're agreeing to. You know, it's not, you're not paying for someone for sex. You're paying for someone who just is offering your their companionship. And it's like going on a date, really. Are a lot of the people, are they specifically looking for sex or are they really just looking for somebody to be around? I would say most people are just looking for sex, but it's very easy to weed them out. And I won't see anyone who's just looking for sex. So when we're talking about rates, like how much do you charge? Um, well, at first when I started out, I was charging 200 an hour and now it's 250 an hour. And then if you want 90 minutes, then it's a little less and so on and so forth. Um, like you get little discounts and some escorts would do that. Some won't, but it also depends on what city you're in bigger cities. They will generally have escorts that charge more. Um, the city I work in is a fairly 
big city, but it's not huge like Chicago. I mean, will you sometimes stay overnight? Like, do you stay for a long time or is it kind of... No, I was going to use the phrase in and out, but that's not, that wouldn't be the best, that wouldn't be the best way to do it. Nope. <laughs> um, I, it ranges a lot. So on average, I would say people generally stay for 90 minutes. Um, some will do an overnight, especially if I've met them before and they decide they really like my babbling for some reason. And um, I guess they want a whole night of me babbling. So, I would say, yeah, most of my clients will ask for 90 minutes and I get the occasional request for an hour, but I find that that's just never enough time. On average, like how many clients would you see a week? It, uh, it depends. So it depends largely on how I'm feeling that week. Um, I won't see more than like seven a week, but some weeks where I'm just feeling like just not feeling it. I'll just see one client. Other weeks, I will see the whole seven. So it's hardly ever consistent. Sounds like that probably ends up to a good amount of money. Like this could be a full-time living for you, right? Yeah. So my plan actually, um, I'm in school right now and I work two other day jobs. Um, And what I'm looking for is to make this a full-time job and then be able to not work my other two jobs, just be able to quit them and focus more time on school. And this gives me the luxury to do that. You know, obviously, when you look to your future, are you ever worried about this potentially coming back? Yes, I. that's definitely a worry for a lot of people. That's why a lot of companions will actually blur out their faces and blur out their tattoos and their photos. For me personally, I used to be a cam girl. My face is already in multiple places. So it's not a huge concern for me. And the field that I'm going into, there's always a need. They're always hiring new people. So I don't think they can afford to be too picky. Can I randomly guess nursing? Yep. Ah, now I feel like a stalker. (laughs) You sound like a stalker. I know. Right as I guess, like, oh, crap. I better not get it right on the first one. (laughs) I was looking on your website. Now you do fetish sessions as well. What is that? So I have been involved in the kink community for six years now, ever since I was 18. Um, And fetish is a very broad term. So fetish can range from anywhere between I want to suck your toes to I want you to stick me with like 10,000 needles or not 10,000, more like 100. It varies a lot, and I have a negotiation form where it has just a big, giant list of fetishes, and so I'll actually have people go through that and tell me what they want. It's just, I guess, more taboo than your typical session. I mean, are you ever in dangerous situations? No. I So in kink, there's the top and there's the bottom. I When I'm doing my fetish sessions, I refuse to be the bottom. I'm always the top. So I'm in control of the situation, and... I'm the one wielding the whip. I think that our official position on this podcast is however you get down is however you get down, as long as you're not hurting somebody against their will, whatever. I guess for me, though, I've never quite understood it. What is it about, like, whipping someone or putting a cigarette out out on somebody? (laughs) Like, what is it that's attractive or that's sexual about that to someone? I'm personally not sure myself because I find... 
kink more of it's a lifestyle to me rather than something that's sexual. It's just fun. It's just what I do. So for a lot of people, they just kind of want an escape. You know, these people will be managers or CEOs or someone who's always in a position where they have to be telling someone what to do. So for them, being able to be told what to do is what they're looking for. And for them, they just find that so cathartic. And I'm not sure, I mean, I'm sure it's a turn on for them too, but I think they're just mostly looking for that cathartic feeling. Just kind of a release for people. Yeah. Have you ever escorted some married men? Like, have you ever done that? A very large chunk of my clients are married. Do you feel a certain way about that? I thought about that a lot. And if I was just meeting a person, like outside of escorting, it's not a client. If I was meeting someone at the bar and they were married, I would have an issue with that. But when it comes to escorting, for me, it's just at least they're not at least there's no like actual relationship going on. It's just they're seeing me, then leaving. Um, and it almost helps the relationship. I mean, they're not just pent up and upset that they're not getting whatever they need from their wife. Um, they have a, I guess, outlet. So, yeah, personally, I think that I'm helping marriages. <laughs> I think that the, you know, the question in that regard that would kind of come up necessarily is, do you really feel that way or did it kind of take some mental gymnastics to get to that point? Like, is it, do you really feel that way or is it a justification? That's definitely a justification. I definitely did not feel that way at first. Um, but as I got to know these people, you know, they're good people. They just need some sort of release and some sort of outlet. So personally, I actually, I'm polyamorous in my personal relationship and it's just kind of the same concept. You know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You can't just expect this one person to give you everything. So that's the way I see it now. Have you ever met any of their wives? I have not. Um, I hear about them all the time and I've seen like photos and stuff, but I haven't actually met anyone. Did they show you the photos or is it when you're looking at somebody up that you happen to see the photos? No, they're very open about their marriage and they're very open about their wives and they're telling me, you know, my wife does this and this and I love her for this and this is a funny thing that happened a week ago. So it's so natural to them almost. Like I guess if I was going to do it, I wouldn't say it at all. That's what surprises me about it. Yeah, I don't know a single time where I've actually asked someone, hey, are you married? It's mostly brought up when... They fill out my contact form, actually. I have a contact form that asks, tell me more about yourself. And they'll say, hey, yeah, I'm married. You, we mentioned kind of before we started recording that you were a dominatrix as well. Do you make more money doing that? I charge the same amount of money. I just ask for longer sessions. And that's to account for the negotiations and also the aftercare and everything else that goes into kink. And it also, I guess, depends on what they're asking for because if they're asking for a lot then yeah I'm going to charge you more I've always kind of been wondered this about like after a dominatrix session have you ever ran into them after in public like at the grocery store or something like I've always wondered about what that interaction would be say if you like put a cigarette out on somebody and then you see them buying fruit at the grocery store I work in customer service and I have seen a client walk in 
and I was their employee helper man. Was that, what was that like? Well, personally, I think I look very different when I'm not wearing makeup, so I'm not sure they could tell. And I was wearing the face mask, so I don't know if they were just a really good actor, but they treated me just like everyone else would and didn't even blink. No, like, secret acknowledgement? No wink? No nothing? No, I was surprised. And, like, you know, I thought at least they would recognize my voice as I was talking to them, but I guess not. Are you ready for the harder-slash-listener-submitted questions? All right, go for it. Most interesting request you've ever had? I do so few fetish sessions that I feel like all my requests have been fairly normal. Um, I have had people tell me, Mistress Katana, do whatever you want to me. And personally, I really like needleplay. So that's what I do if they just tell me to do whatever I want. And I guess that's the most out there thing I've done during a session. So needleplay, what's that? It's where I take a bunch of hypodermic needles and just basically sick them in their skin or their balls. Like, is it always the balls or is it a specific location that... This is better than another one. It's just an aesthetic thing. I like looking at it. So the back is a really good place to do it just because there's so much surface area to work out of. And the, the pleasure part of that, like why, why would they derive pleasure for it? Why would you, what's the, is it just like kind of the, the pain aspect of it? Well, for me, it's just because I think it's fun and I like looking at it. Um, for them, I think it's, you know, they're, letting me do whatever I want to them. They're submitting to me and they're pleasing me by watching me laugh as I stick needles in them. That is kind of like, <laughs> that's an interesting thing. I like to snick, stick needles in guys' balls. Like, look, how it, that's what you, everybody's got <laughs> something, right? But oh, is there anything that you look at though and be like, oh, that's, that's different. Like that person requested this and that's weird. Or that person does this and that's weird to me. Like what would be weird to you? Kink wise? I guess just I, overall. I feel like I've just seen everything kink wise. I mean, I've been in the community for six years and I've traveled across the United States to, I've seen the craziest people do the craziest things. So every single time I get a, like a fetish request, and I just see that it's just they want to suck my toes. It's like nothing to me, almost. Is this the escort part of it? Is it legal? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> We're kind of dancing on a silver line. Would anybody know any of your clients? Like, have you ever had a well-known or a famous client? I have not. Um, I hope that one day someone famous comes to me, but... Who knows? I just never had a famous person that I know of. Um, it's mostly just CEOs and managers of small businesses for the most part. And the city I live in, it's not its not a huge city, so I don't expect anyone huge to come in and see me. Do you see this as a long-term thing? I don't know. I think I will stop doing this as soon as I pay off my student loans. But I don't know, because I like it so much. So that's my plan for the moment, but I guess we'll see what happens. Now, do your do family and friends know? All my friends know. My family, um, some of them know, some of them don't. I have a very conservative family, so 
There's only a select few I can tell. This is, I like this question. Somebody sent this in. Do you feel like you're more yourself with a client or do you put on an act when you're with the client? It definitely depends on the client. So it's kind of like customer service. You know, you got to please everyone um, to the best of your ability. And there's just some clients that walk in and you just immediately know, thank God I don't have to, you know, pretend that I'm this elegant, you know, supermodel person, whatever. I can just cuss like a sailor and say whatever I want. I guess it makes me seem more down to earth. Do they ever take you to like cool stuff? I would want to go do cool stuff. Like go to concerts or go out to nice places to eat and stuff like that. A lot of them don't. Um, escorts charge for their time. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's just I'm charging for my time. So for them, I guess they would think, you know, taking me to a movie and paying my rate to go watch a movie would be a waste of time. Or, yeah, waste of money. Um, but I have had people take me to like the hot tubs before and occasionally the bar or dinner. Do you have like a personal life outside of this? Do you have relationships? Does it affect yeah. them kind of? I do have a boyfriend. Um, at first he was not very comfortable with it, but I started taking him out to really nice, you know, dinners and dates with all the money I was getting. So I think he's okay with it now. Um, I have friends who all know I'm a sex worker and they personally don't have any issues with it. Most of my friends are actually sex workers themselves. Um, it's the kink community. So most of them are just open-minded in general and they don't really care what you do as long as you're a decent person. That's pretty much all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you think we missed? What's coming up next for you? I don't really think there's anything that we missed. Um, yeah, I guess stay home, stay safe, guys. <laughs> I want to thank Katana so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have a link to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included her information on the RSS feed that's on this podcast. Okay, now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. Hello, sunshine. If a grown adult showed up at your door in costume with a trick-or-treat bag, are you giving them candy? No, not even close. I, I've actually been to where I ask, and I've done this in the past, where I've asked someone to remove their mask just so I could, you know age discriminate just to see you know if 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 i should be giving you anything so what's your cutoff then at what age are you age discriminating against people saying that they're too old to be trick-or-treaters in my opinion i i think once you hit high school i think then you're too old to go out and beg for or sorry not beg ask for candy what if they're just like look i've known some 18 year olds who look damn near 30 what if they're a 10-year-old who looks like an 18-year-old? You're going to crush some 6th grader's dream? Better have some ID on you then, I guess. Some kind of school identification card. My Don't cutoff. come at me, you know, being 14 with a you know, a beard and a mustache and, and act like I'm supposed to give you candy. All right? I mean, get out of here with that. What if it was, okay, what if it's a clearly a grown adult, but the costume is badass? Hey, here's a, a high five or a 
fist bump or whatever you do now and go along about your ways. <laughs> Not getting any of my candy, all right? It's kind of like the how much would you pay for sex thing. Like, you know how much this candy costs now? Per candy bar, I am not giving it to you, all right? Are you going high-end candy, or where are you going in terms of your candy for trick-or-treaters? I always try to go, like, what I would want to receive, you know, like when I was trick-or-treating, which you never got, right? Like, I'm like a Reese's guy, Kit Kat. I always seem to get those, the little uh, rubber bottles where you, like, bite off the ends and there's the juice inside. I don't know what those are called. Um, Garbage is what they should be called. That sounds (laughs) awful. I'm asking because my wife bought some crappy candy, like some bottom shelf candy stuff. I was legitimately angry at her. Like, you're embarrassing <laughs> us in this neighborhood. You're really going to hand out these little Heath miniatures and crackle? Like, times are tough, but they ain't that, they're ain't they not that bad. Get some M&Ms or something. I mean, he, crackle's not terrible. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Heath. I wouldn't say that either of those are bottom shelf candies, but... In terms of the bags you can buy of assorted varieties, like I guess, I guess they would be, I suppose. But hopefully, you didn't make her feel too bad about it. I, I kind of was pretty aggressive. <laughs> I was a little bit upset. Like there may have been a slight voice crack on my part. <laughs> also, so I mean, I mean, what what kind of candy does you know what a what a young or I guess an, an adult Nick Vincent wants if he were to go trick or treating? M and M's. I don't Peanuts? understand why there's any other candy even exists, to be honest with you. M&M's, maybe Reese's. Reese's is great around Thanksgiving. But if you don't have M&M's and Reese's in your candy selection, then quite frankly, I don't know what you're doing. You, I know what you're doing. You're <laughs> wasting everyone's time and all the neighborhood kids aren't going to like you. You know, another thing about costumes, getting back to the costume thing. Oh, here we go. I used to, I'm not a big, like, I'm not a big, I don't like dressing up. So if I see someone come up to my door in, in, in a costume that clearly has taken a lot of time and effort, I, my first thought is, like, just why? Like, you're going to wear it for two, three hours, and that's it? You probably spent either a lot of money or a lot of time on it. Like, why? So for anybody listening, you now understand John Shaw's situation in work and life. He's not the kind of guy who's going to put effort into things that he enjoys. <laughs> that's not... This has nothing to do with me. This is me wondering why why other like this has nothing to do with what I enjoy. This people apparently love dressing up in costumes and I just wonder sometimes, right. you know, like Right. So you're criticizing them for putting effort into something that they enjoy doing. I wouldn't say I'm criticizing. I think you are. I don't I don't think criticizing the right. I I just wonder why people go through, you know, all of all of the trouble, which in my opinion it is, or money, to go out on a cold night just to get some candy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Well, think about, okay, put this in a different context then. You're essentially wondering why someone would put effort and money into something that they enjoy doing. Maybe that's the question I'm trying to answer my, to myself is, do people actually like trick-or-treating like do you actually want to walk up to a a house sometimes a random house to say trick-or-treat to get some candy well i think that kids do yeah like they get to pretend my son's gonna be darth vader you think that little bastard hasn't been staring at his darth vader costume for the last (laughs) two weeks because he has he's practicing with a lightsaber he's getting a lot better with it actually he doesn't hit his brother with it anymore 
Like he's incredibly <laughs> pumped up about it. And so the kids are excited about it. And then the adults get into it because they remember when their kids were little and it was so much fun, even though the kids don't care about it anymore. And then eventually the kids age out of it. But it, you really made a kid take his mask off to age check him? I, I have. Actually, multiple kids. My wife was so embarrassed. Yeah, she should be. She lit, she got up and like left uh, our, our little, I don't know what you want to call it, vestibule area or whatever, the front door area. But, you know, I gave the kids some candy. I, you know, I mean... But, motherfucker, you look 40. Like, you know, I, I, I can't help you hit puberty when you were seven. Look, I admire your dedication to your beliefs. It's completely wrong. I don't think you should be age-checking kids because they do look like they're 40 now by the time they're six-year-olds. That's just how it works. Did you turn it? Have you ever age-checked somebody and turned them away? No, I mean... Because oh, so you're you know, all like talk. Said, you're all talk. I mean, I would. Unfortunately, this year, you know, because of this, the current state of of, of affairs, we're not going to be handing out candy. Um, what are you going to do? Are you going to turn all your lights off, pretend like you're not home? Or are you going to put the candy outside? I know we're not getting candy. I, I actually think uh, we're going to take our two young daughters. And kind of walk around like our, our cul-de-sac and our block and whatnot. But I, I don't even think we're going to... Oh, so you're going to take other people's candy and give nothing in return. No, I, I I was going to finish, but then I stopped. I don't think we're going to like do any kind of trick-or-treating. We're just going to kind of walk around, say hello to the neighbors. Your kids aren't going to get any candy. You're a, you're a social succubus. You're just living off of other people and providing nothing. You're going to walk around like, oh, we're not going to get any candy. Of course you're going to get candy. And I guarantee that you're going to eat half of your daughter's candy. I, I, I mean, you kind of, when you say it back to me, you make me sound like a bad person. Or maybe not a bad person. I don't plan on going up and getting any candy from anybody. Selfish is what it is. <laughs> Selfish. You just take and take and take and give nothing back. I think we've had this conversation in our top five before. Halloween is one of my most disliked holidays. I just, I don't like it. Well, everybody else does. I'm incredibly excited about it. I'm pumped. Well, you, what are you going as, Jar Jar Binks? I'm going as a dad with two kids who <laughs> like Star Wars. That's what I'm going as. You I'm did go give me the best Halloween costume idea ever, which I don't think you remember this, but the guy you can always count on. That was the... We're not going to get into this, but John one time at a Halloween party just wrote the guy you can count on on his shirt, and everybody, John thought it was great, but everybody else at the party just knew that it was stupid and was like, what's wrong with this guy? Just the thing, that's that's what started our illustrious relationship, that party. We regretted it every day since. All right, let's move on. All right, let's, uh, let's give some shout-outs here, and I promise to slow down and say every name so it doesn't sound like I'm saying six names combined. Let's start off with Maddie. Rob Z, thank you very much to Bridget, Sandra, Nathan Rice, Caden, Jonah, Trevor, Amelia, and Trey Rodriguez. Whoa. Is that Rodriguez with a Z or Rodriguez with an S? Uh, a Z. Okay. All right. Rodriguez. That's not how you say it, but okay. It's, it's not. I'm sorry, Trey, but appreciate everyone checking us out. All right, Nick, pretty easy one just to start off with uh, Kool-Aid or Tang. I've never actually had Tang. I'm, oh and really, God. if you wanted to get really into it, 
I'm a crystal light man. I had crystal light today. My son and I actually <laughs> sneak drinks of crystal light when my wife is not looking because we're not supposed to have it. Or he's not supposed to have it. I'm a grown man. I can do what I want. But I sound like it. No, no, not at all, dude. I gotta hide that <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, well, I, I've never had tang. Down and go as Jar Jar Binks this year. No, dude, Kool-Aid all the way, right? Kool-Aid is not the a- only drink that is referred to in colors, not in flavors. Maybe. I mean, you could be right. I have, I have no idea. No, I'm right. There's not a question <laughs> about it. There's not, like, is that strawberry Kool-Aid or cherry? I don't know. It's red. You want blue? <laughs> we got red or we got blue. I don't know what the flavors are. Get the fuck out of here. What kind of crystal light are you sneaking with your with your son? Red. I think it's fruit punch. <laughs> Or cherry or strawberry. Who knows? It's red. Who cares? <laughs> All right. Um, eBay or Amazon? Which one are you more likely to, to buy something off of? Well, is it nineteen ninety nine? <laughs> then Amazon, dude. I just started laughing because I wasn't even sure like what what you're referring to. Like, was eBay big in 1999? I have no idea, but it's 2020 right now, so I buy things off of Amazon like a normal person, not trying to get out there and get kidnapped by hobos on eBay. Oh, boy. All right. We apologize to all the hobo population that listens to us. But um, not the people who use eBay, because that's ridiculous. <laughs> I apologize. Sorry, hobos. <laughs> eBay people. Piss off. <laughs> You got on a few like show-esque rants today. You must be, you must be having a long day or something. I don't know. Got that red Kool-Aid in me, man. <laughs> sneaking it with, sneaking it with your son behind your wife's back. Right. Um, he, he calls it weirdo drink, and he's like, "Dad, let's go get some weirdo drink." Okay. What am I gonna say to that? No. <laughs> uh, you get to star in your your a uh, kind of horror movie. What kind of horror movie are you going to cast yourself in? Like a slasher? Like a survivalist? Like what kind? Is there a kind where like it's just all happy and fluffy? Like a (laughs) Disney movie horror movie? That's the kind that I would be cast in. Sure. I, you know, uh, like Hocus Pocus. You can be one of the. Oh, yeah. I'd be in Hocus Pocus. Even Hocus Pocus is pushing it a little bit for me. Like I can't rewatch that. It's just. I just don't like the idea of it. It's a little scary, the idea. So I would probably go with like the Disney equivalent of a horror movie. How about you? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna go all out. I'm gonna go, you know, like the Michael Myers, you know, Jason Voorhees like slasher film. But like, I don't want to die in the first five minutes, which is what would happen to somebody like me. But you know, I can always dream big. I suppose. I don't think you're a die in the first five minutes kind of guy i think like you would be you would be one of the last major deaths i mean you're definitely gonna die you're not getting through that (laughs) but you wouldn't be one of the last people to get killed i appreciate that is it because i'm just that insignificant of a major character or because i'd actually have some kind of like plot points no no nothing plot or you know nothing plot related i think that you would be likable enough on screen but not likable enough that they would keep you around like oh no not john (laughs) so but then you'd be like oh well so i can't even i can't even compare to any characters oh oh give me your movie scene death scream (laughs) oh man 
My, you, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say my death screen or death scream? Scream. Like, oh, you're getting killed. How are you going out? <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Just, I want to hear it. Come on. The room. Just let's go. That was that started out so strong it was too long for me though. Like if I heard you scream that long, like when you started out, I was like, No, John, he's gone. And then as you kept going, I was like, Oh good. Just so you know, I that set off my uh doorbell camera alarm. Cause that's apparently how loud I was. Oh, so you had, oh good, so you have a recording you can post on face on social media. You wanna try it again? You wanna try again? Is that what you're happy with? I mean, I could do it shorter, but I'm pretty happy with it. All right, so give me give me one shorter. Sure. You tell me when. Now. Everybody's waiting. Ah! No, it's too short. It's too short. I don't care about you. You got to mix the two. Go one more time. Try to get it right. How's the pitch, though? Is it good? Is the pitch that good? No, the pitch is good. Actually, I mean, okay. that's, I was pretty, I'm really happy. It's just the length. It's just the length that's not working for you. Because now my dog is like over here wondering if I'm okay. So apparently it's good. Um, no, all right, it's just, one more time. That's just diabetes you smell. <laughs> all right, one more time. Here we go. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good, right? Like you're killed off screen in a room. Like everybody's trying to get out of the room. The door shuts. You're still there. And that's how you scream. That's all they hear. And then the main characters keep going. Like that's that's a good... <laughs> that's how you died. End scene... Moving on with the next hour of the movie. Right, right. Or, no, I think you got 15 minutes left. That scream alone is going to get you into the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I, listen, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with my scream. No, that was honest. good. It was really good. I was impressed. So, any of you directors out there that listen to this, if you're looking for a overweight white guy to fill some time, let me know. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking of Halloween-related stuff, our top five is, I didn't know exactly what to, like, call this necessarily, but basically, like, top five classic monsters. Like, the stuff that you read about in books and in movies and that kind of stuff. It's always the the same Halloween monsters that come out. I don't want to name them because then it'll give it away, but you just go ahead and start. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know about you, I, don't, I didn't find too many classic ones, so I think our lists are going to be pretty similar, but my... uh my number five is Wolfman. Oh, come on. That should be higher on the list. I'm not saying it should be much higher, but Wolfman should be a little bit higher. Give him some more respect than that. Because I consider the Wolfman and the... I don't consider the Wolfman to necessarily be a major classic movie monster kind of character, but I consider the werewolf, which is, a I would assume, a relative of the Wolfman. And the werewolf gets more respect than the wolf man. Yeah, well, I think every character on, or character, every monster we have is branched on something that's more popular than the original monster. Like that. Okay, well, that makes no sense. But um, my number five is the mummy. Too low for the mummy or too high for the mummy. Well, which one is it? <laughs> I was going with whatever you were going to tell me. I have the mummy actually as number four, so not too much different than you. Okay, I mean, I I agree with that. The mummy's definitely like, uh, <laughs> who gives a shit? I mean, when you really think about it, the mummy is probably the easiest monster to get away from. 
Oh, yeah. But, well, it's his persistence, right? Like, he just doesn't give up. I actually don't know anything about the mummy. Is a mummy that different? Are you going mummy or are you going zombie? Uh, so, <laughs> why don't you do my list for me? I have zombie on the list at number three. Uh, to me, in my mind, they're honestly the same kind of character, really. I, I mean, they are, but I think that's like splitting hairs. I, I think technically they're different, but just by a little bit. But they are different, in my opinion. Okay. My number four is the Invisible Man slash Invisible Woman. Okay. I I did not put him or her on my list because, frankly, I'm, I'm just not that impressed by them. No, I mean, other than being invisible, which, if you think about it, is actually... That would probably be the most useful kind of monster power. Like, what's the mummy going to really do? You see it coming for hours, just lumbering around. You don't see the invisible man coming, or the invisible woman, either one. But, I mean, I just... It's just okay to me. It's it's a good monster to have on the top five, but I would have put it five if i was gonna have it on my list but i'm saying like if these characters suddenly came alive in real life invisible person is way scarier than the mummy (laughs) i mean way scarier yet more awesome for sure oh yeah i don't know the problem is if somebody actually was invisible well you'd be terrible at being an invisible person in a room because they'd hear you breathing (laughs) maybe i mean uh, you know I, uh, well, no, I, you would be the only invisible person that still couldn't sneak around. <laughs> like, what's that sound? That's John. He's invisible, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who's that breathing in the corner? <laughs> the invisible man. It's, everybody knows where he is. He's, he's always, he's eating a snack right now, so we can clearly see him. There he goes. He's made his way out the door. It took him 25 minutes. <laughs> there he is. Oh, he fell down the stairs. Man is that? He fell. He's the worst invisible man. He <laughs> fell down the stairs. Oh, he's stuck in the, he's stuck in the oh basement. <laughs> Does he not realize he, he can't go through trees? <laughs> like, what an idiot. <laughs> moron. He's <laughs> crashed his car three times this week. All right. Well, my number three. Like, I wait said, a minute. Is a if you're if you're invisible, are you invisible to yourself too? Can the invisible man see himself? That that's a question I can't answer. I would say yes. Question mark. I feel like he should be able to see himself, right? You would think so, but hmm. I I, can, I think I can only name two or three movies I've actually seen that incor- incorporate that in. I don't think they can see themselves, so I think you're... I think, no, they can't see themselves. Okay. What's your number three? Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, I mean, like I said, a parody a little bit. He's my number two. Okay. My number two is Wolfman. I regret putting Wolfman that high, but I'm going to stick with it. Really? (sighs) Guns out. Right. Okay, so obviously we both have the same number one. You go ahead and say yours first. Swamp Thing. <laughs> Just uh, Dracula. Yeah, dude. Dracula's Dracula's easy to number one. It's not even a competition, right? Like he's he's such a dominant number one that he should take up the number one, the number two, maybe even the number three space. 
Like, no one should even be in his range. He's so clearly at the top. Mm, I mean, I don't agree with you on that. I think Frankenstein is just a step below, but... Oh, I don't know about that. He's a distant... Like, if if they're all meeting, if all these characters are meeting at a meeting, like, it's pretty obvious that Dracula's running things. And if he's not there, nobody knows what to do. <laughs> Frankenstein's not stepping up to lead the PowerPoint presentation or anything. Oh my God. He knows he shouldn't be doing it. You know what would be an interesting top five? Is top five vampire, vampire characters. Is Blade somewhere on your list? <laughs> Goddamn right he is. Then no, it wouldn't be a good list. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to say something. Okay, then who's your favorite vampire besides Blade? Like, you go, ooh, that's that's the Dracula that I'm going for. Uh, You know, right off the top of my head, I, I really like to interview with the vampire. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the Brad Pitt character. Okay. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, Lestat? <laughs> is that Lestat? Maybe. I mean, he's like the head vampire or whatever. I, I don't know if that is Lestat in that movie. I assume it is, but I don't remember. But he's like the cool, cunning, you know, deceptive vampire. I thought it was supposed to be Tom Cruise's guy. No, no Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is Lestat. One... Or is Tom, is Tom Cruise the bad guy originally? Maybe that's it. Uh, I don't think he's the bad guy, because then his character continued on for like eight more movies. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should have, like know what I'm talking about before I bring it up. I don't know. Okay, so you're gonna go interview with the vampire style vampire. Yeah. I'm gonna go with um Laszlo from uh what we do in the shadows. Oh my god. Isn't that an animated movie? How dare you? That's probably Our the funniest animation. That's probably, no, dude, it's on FX, What We Do in the Shadows. It's probably the funniest show on TV right now. It's a great show. After that, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like that original Dracula v- movie that we saw growing up. Bram Stoker, the one with Keanu Reeves. Oh my God. That was some scary shit, man. Keanu Reeves, same kind of actor as the guy we highlighted last week, Nicolas Cage. Don't you dare. Done some really shitty movies, but some great movies as well. He's apparently a really nice guy, though. So who's in your honorable mention? Uh, so I have Swamp. I really do have Swamp Thing in there. And then uh, other than that, I, I really don't. I couldn't think. I have a Scarecrow, but I don't know if Scarecrow is an original monster. No, dude. He's a Batman villain. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, sure he is. Um, he is. Well, he is, but I mean, I, I, I don't think that's the original concept for Scarecrow was of, out of Batman. I'm pretty sure it was. Most things started with Batman. No, but looking through it, I thought there was like a ton of them. And then you find out, oh, there's really not. There's like Bride of Frankenstein counts. They just started adding the different sexes of each of the main characters and then called that like another whole one. Like, it's not Dracula. It's Bride of Dracula. Like, they kept running out of ideas. Like, hey, who's got a new character? Nobody? Okay, let's do Invisible Woman. I mean, that's the thing, classic monsters, right? I mean, only so many from back in the day. Somebody tried to say that Godzilla was in there. I don't know about that. But he would be up there. If Okay, if Godzilla was eligible for this top five, where would you then put Godzilla? 
replace of uh, the mummy you, or the zombie, probably. At number, no, Godzilla jumps all the way up to number two if, if Godzilla is included. That's a fact. Mm, That's not subjective. No, I, I don't think in terms of classic monsters. I, I don't. For me, maybe three, but not two or one. That'd be wrong. That would be a wrong <laughs> opinion right there. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. There's a lot less scary monsters than I thought. Right? I mean, Dracula is Dracula is clearly number one. That's, that's not even any kind of a rational argument that he is not. But if you guys think somebody else should fit in the second through fifth spots, let me hear it, man. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.